0: We want to start off with a content warning. There will be some honest talk about sexuality and child abuse in this episode. Please be advised. Civic! To each their own.
1: 201 HB Civic SI. We're
0: all
2: different. That's why there are five Civics, like the quick and nimble SI Coupe, with 201 horsepower and a six-speed manual transmission. The next generation Honda Civic. Civic. Civic.honda.com Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power
0: Pack where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer.
2: Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent
0: adventures and absorbing alcohol. It's time to call the roll.
2: We've literally never done that.
0: I know that, but we have a guest this time, and I don't want the listener to get confused. We've had a guest on before. We've had this guest on before, and it's been fine. Yes, but we're also covering issues in a school, and I thought it would be thematic. Fine. Call your role. Thank you. Alex Power.
3: Yes.
0: Julie Power.
3: I like to read. Jack
0: Power. Past, present, and future king of the school. Kitty Power.
3: Blowing stuff up is awesome.
0: Jeff.
1: Oh, uh, wait, that's me. I am Jeff. I am Rick. And I'm Spider Man. Oh, oh, wait. No, no, no. And I'm Waffles. Parker! I didn't want pictures of waffles or kiwis.
0: I wanted pictures of Spider-Man.
2: I'm not going to tell anybody out there how long it took us to get to this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, random Bander, she ain't got your love anymore. Boom. Random banter time, buddies. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today.
2: Well, we have kind of buried the league, but we've got... A guest on our show, and it's one of our favorite friends, and a return guest, and somebody who's really darn cool. It's Waffles, from Waffles and Mates Talk About Things. Waffles, how's it going over there in New Zealand land?
1: Uh, It's not too bad. It's... A bit rainy and cold, but good thing I got the washing in yesterday, otherwise I would have no clothes to wear, so these fancy duds, you see, are all thanks to the beautiful, wonderful weather here in Aotearoa, New Zealand.
2: Nice. I like how we are just so much alike, because it is cold and wet and rainy outside here in Portland, Oregon as well, so huzzah! We are brothers. Small world. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome back to our show, I really appreciate you coming back on i know this is an issue that you wanted to do and it's just a pleasure to see you and talk to you again and to hang out
1: with you no it is an absolute pleasure to be back it has been far too long uh, since we've just sat and chatted and what better way to catch up with old friends than to do it in front of a live studio audience mm-hmm. you better
2: believe it mm-hmm. we, unfortunately the fortunately for us the large studio audience al has ball gigs in their mouths it's really nice because then they can't say anything they're also tied to their chairs too so
1: oh yeah that's the, the best way of getting an audience is uh, you know having that real sort of captive audience in more mm. ways than one
0: and the best way of having a captive audience is to have a surprise captive audience we've gone around all week long in our van
1: and collected studio participants whether they've known about it or not usually not yeah well i mean and The best thing about it being Halloween is a van that says free candy on it just isn't suspicious at all. Nope, it's the best time. Candy with a K. If it was
2: C, candy with a C, yes, that would be suspicious. But when you got the K on there, mm, it is like giving candy to babies, which we know nothing about.
0: No. Basically, we said trick or treat, and then we picked trick.
2: Pretty much. Pretty much. So now that the authorities are going to come and see us about this and many other crimes that we do, uh, what has been new in
1: your neck of the woods, sir? Well, we've just had our elections. uh, And as of time of recording... Uh, So fresh, hot off the presses, the special votes results have just been counted. And so first thing I'm going to do once we've wrapped all this up is have a look on the government website and see what the government for the next three years of New Zealand politics is going to look like. Mm. Either way, I'm not too enthused about all of the options, but that's politics for you. What else is new? Yeah.
0: It's sad when a lot of times when you're like, well, I'm going to vote this way because it's the best choice of a sad,
1: sad law. <laughs> yeah, it, it's either the lesser of two evils or the lesser lesser of two evils. <laughs> I, either way, it, it'll be an interesting next three years.
2: Hope for the best. Try to stay as positive as you possibly can. I find that positivity comes through a lot of
1: self-medication. I I still find the funniest thing in the States, you, your guys election season is like two years in New Zealand. Call the election uh, a month, two months later, we have a new government. Hmm. You guys are still in your, what is it? Primaries.
0: we make a production out of it? It's, I think it all boils down to like how our sports teams are, where the seasons never end. They just go on forever.
2: I think there's some some place somewhere that I heard it said, you have a good three to six months where you can effectively govern before you're actually starting to run for something else.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I'll- that that seems to be the problem where it's just kind of like, well, I got this job, but I've got to keep bankrolling the job that I have, and then hopefully I'll also bankroll it long enough that people then think that I should go into a new position that bankrolls even higher. Yeah, it's just ridiculous.
2: I'm going to switch us off politics before we bore every single person who's listening (laughs) to our podcast. I'm going to mention something that is comic book related and is also what some people might say is a sad thing, but I'm going to say it's a great thing. My parents have finally decided that they are going to move into a retirement center. This is a good thing because it's been needing to happen for a while. So that being said, my mom is trying to downsize their house to get ready for this. My dad, of course, wants to take everything. My mom's like, no, we are downsizing. And so I'm going over to pull things out of their house because that's the only way it's going to get done. I don't necessarily want to keep all of this stuff. I want to downsize myself, but it gets it out of my mom's hair. One thing I was able to grab because my mom said these got to go is two binders that my dad has had ever since I was a little kid. And these binders are really special to me. Because on the inside of these three-hole-punched binders is a whole bunch of comic books that have been three-hole-punched
0: into these binders. (laughs) Rick showed me those last night. He's like, ready to have your heart break? These
2: are Classics Illustrated. And my dad has All of these things, three-hole-punched, loose-leafed in these binders, and that's where they have been for years and years and years. I remember looking through and reading these things when I was a little kid, before I really knew about comic books. And then when I started collecting comic books... And like started to get taught, like this is how you take care of comic books. I went home and looked at these and I started crying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, having three holes punched through every single page of the comic, that's not too bad, as long as there's like no writing on them, right?
2: Oh, yes. My dad put his name and the date when he purchased them. Yeah, he stamped those right on the covers of all of them, too. So and these things have been well read and well yeah. thumbed through. But they're mine. They are all mine. Mw-ha-ha-ha-ha. You can all be jealous out there in comic book land with my it is a
0: history that you want to keep.
2: Oh, like Jeff said, he was over here last night. They came over and checked out some remodeling work. We got done by showed them these things. And he did the same thing that anybody else would when they looked at these. After they got finished crying, of course, is put it up to their nose and take a smell of that. Just slowly disintegrating comic book smell, the, the, the pages, the brittle pages, you can just kind of see them falling apart right in front of your eyes. That smell of old pages of mm-hmm. text. Mm, love that smell. It's the <laughs> smell of a used bookstore. Wonderful.
1: Oh, that's nostalgia right there. Just like I'm half a world away and that description, I can smell it from here. Like, yeah, yeah. it yeah. is... Yeah. It's those fun core memories.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. I actually was thinking that this could actually be a fun podcast in the making. He's got these in somewhat of an order. So there's they're mostly in numerical order. Some are missing, some are not. But I think it would be fun to just go ahead and do a podcast on each one of these things, like starting with like Three Musketeers and going through and talking about it and the artwork and how the story kind of lays out. I think it'd be kind of fun.
0: But, you know we're the only people talking about power pack we might as well be the only people talking about illustrated classics comics i mean it's a niche but it's yeah. it's a niche I, of a niche i'll tell you
2: what i'll listen to it and yet it's still talking about the greatest things
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're biased though Well, may never know <laughs> you got all tied up uh on, and you're on the bad end of big power pack so you're trapped <laughs> <laughs> So,
2: that's my comic book news for this random banter. Jeff, do you have anything, like, that's not politics or comic book related? You know, because, you know, why would you talk about comic books?
0: Oh, yeah, I know. I never have time to read those. Actually, I read some miniseries run of Hallow's Eve, a new character that ma- introduced an amazing Spider-Man that I had no knowledge about. I was like, oh, there's an action figure coming out on somebody that... It's a fun character that's... Yeah, she's yeah. kind of neat. But I was like, is this a, a Lady Hobgoblin? What's this deal? Okay, Spider-Man, this is cementing that it's hobgoblin okay no oh there's it's a character she got a bunch of masks from like an inferno thing and she can turn into different creatures i'm like okay this is kind of interesting so i read her miniseries it was all right interesting character so i thought that was yeah. kind of neat and otherwise i'm watching loki
2: i do like the girl yeah mm-hmm. watching loki yeah. i do like that character yep
1: have you guys been watching Jin v i not have yet. not
2: i did hear about that
1: it's yeah. not bad i love the boys i've heard it's really good i want to watch
0: it it's i'm also watching one piece on mm. netflix except The way that I get to watch any kind of media at this stage right now is like one piece is, you know, each episode is an hour long. And I got to see the first episode over multiple days in about four sittings. So I'm like, Gen V, I want to see that. Put it on the pile.
2: Yep. I might try to watch bodies because I did hear some good things about that, too. That's the time traveling one. Hmm, So I might check that one out myself. Nice. Once my wife and I get finished rewatching another watch through of
1: Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, so good. Oh, you got to get your glass out of over.
2: I have to like watch the heck out of that forever and ever and ever. Okay.
1: <laughs> I think we
2: have got caught up on all of our pop culture. I think it's time that we move on in to this book that waffles wanted to be here and talk about, and the only way we can do that is to find out what happened last episode. So, Jeff,
0: hit me one more time, baby. Forgetting what a fluster cluck it was when the Avengers recently stopped by the Academy, Hank Pym decides to invite Magneto and the X-Men to the school to help them sort out the monstrous murder of their metal maid. Unsurprisingly, a giant fight breaks out amongst everyone until the fight stops and then Magneto tells Hank that the murderer was a time traveler or a dimension hopper or something. Then everyone goes back home and no one is happy. Now that the... Hazmat outs Julie, and it is a really uncool thing for her to do. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. Jeff,
2: the reason you came over to my house last night is because I had a bunch of beer, and I didn't want to drive over to your house again. Yeah, it's true. So, you've got the beer. You've got one of the nice, pretty paper bags I gave you. Why why don't you go ahead and open it up, and let's see what's inside.
0: What do we got here? It is... A can of yee ye- 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 ya-, ya, 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 yava. Yeah, yeah. Yaya Brewing Company, Fluffy Puffy Sunshine, New England style, India pale ale. <laughs> Story time is brewed and canned by Yaya Brewing Company, Spokane Valley, Washington. Hey, I know there. It's a pretty can. It's got nice yellow intermingled triangles with silver starbursts coming off of it. It's it's real pretty. And let's see. Fluffy Puffy Sunshine. That would be kind of like a descriptor of what Hazmat would call light speed. I would imagine something in those realms. Everybody in this episode is nothing but fluffy and puffy. Oh, it's true! So happy, everyone is so (laughs) lots of sunshine
2: from the opening scenes of this book all the way through. That's nothing but fluffy, puffy sunshine.
0: Ain't no clouds in this sky over here. Not near the academy, but over here, not a single cloud.
2: Irony. Your name is Fluffy Puffy. A true to type <laughs> New England IPA with a smooth, creamy mouthfeel from heavy doses of flaked oats in the grain bill. Citrus taste paired with large quantities of dry hops makes for a genuinely tropical aroma. Very low bitterness. Ooh, 6.5 ABV, 30 IBU, that is what we're drinking tonight. Waffles, what do you got from Down Under? Sorry, you know, close to Down Under.
1: Way down <laughs> under.
0: Owz Owz Oz. Oz, Oz.
2: Way down no, under. no no
1: no. <laughs> I have Boss Rainbow Mountain Blend Iced Coffee. Ooh, nice. That sounds well good. Well
0: played. Yes. I like the can, too. It's got uh, a rainbow feel to it, which vibes nicely with Julie. Oh, yeah.
1: Boss Coffee Rainbow Mountain Blend is a famous blend in Japan, crafted, uh, crafted primarily from Guatemalan rainbow mountain beans to create a uniquely balanced coffee.
2: You are all over the world map on that one, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Japan. Guatemala. And New Zealand. (laughs) It's an
1: international cast of characters, and so an international rainbow drink, because why not? It works. Have you had that before? Yes, and it is very good. Okay, excellent. Iced
0: coffee in a can. (laughs) Ours is very, very, very hazy, fairly opaque. It's very straw-colored. It's also super chunky. It smells like an IPA. You can definitely smell the citrus in the hops. Yeah. Hey, but that's not bad tasting, though. No, that's a decent, hazy IPA. Citrus... Flaked oats and a grain
2: bill. This is smooth. This is nice.
0: You know, this doesn't even say that it's a hazy. It just says New England style India pale ale. New England likes yes. uh, chunks and low visibility. The fog has rolled in.
2: Well, it's New England. But I like the very low bitterness. It's not that bitter. It's got no. the hops taste in there, but it's not It's not
0: punching you in the face. It's got a little citrus tart like a lemon, but it's really, really mild and it doesn't make your face all scrunch up or anything. So, And you know what? It is mm-hmm. fluffy and puffy it is it is
2: there was that's many times we drink beers and we're like that's not very descriptive this one
0: is <laughs> i think it's the giant head that you have on yours that's giving you the fluffy puffy and the sunshine is ju- literally the color of it is just bright yellow it's good well it's enjoyable i like it yeah. i drink more of that
2: not too bad we have some beverages in front of us some caffeinated some alcoholic will that be enough to get us through this book only one way to find out opening credit time
0: Let's do this. Avengers Academy issue number 23, February 2012. Second chances. Credits Writer Christos Engage. Penciler Tom Rainey. Inker Scott Hanna. Colorist Chris Sotomayor. Letterer Chris Eliopoulos. Editor Jake Thompson and Bill Roseman. And featuring the staff with Giant Man,
1: Tigra, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye. And can't forget about the students. Reptile. Both versions. Finesse, Striker, Metal, Hazmat, White Tiger, Lightspeed, and, introducing, X-23. Rawr. What the, yeah, nah, she'll be right, was that? It could be one of two things. A, my cats all waking
2: up from a nap at the same time and realizing that they are too close to each other, or B, Tiger and X-23 trying to kill each other.
0: Just wait a minute. We, like, just did an episode with the Avengers and the Avengers fighting. And then an episode with the Avengers and the X-Men fighting.
1: Didn't they like specifically address this trope and ways to get beyond it? That was like a month ago. Who can remember anything from back then? Plus this is what the people want.
2: And it is just a test. An evaluation of X-23's fighting style and skill. But with no safeties on and real blood being drawn on both sides. But since these are two women who have a history of insanity and losing control, it is entirely
1: reasonable that they can turn off their bloodlust after the evaluation. History be darned. That's just what they do. And they even talk about techniques and choices, such as why aiming for major organs could be better than gunshots, and the benefits of wearing less clothes when you know that you're going to get blood on whatever you wear. Now that I think about it, this was a topic in several of my
0: last performance reviews, and could be the real reason I was asked to leave the premises immediately, multiple times.
2: That horrifies me about as much as this entire scene has horrified
1: the audience of students watching. Wait, what? Why would they want our core students and White Tiger and Lightspeed to watch this bloodbath? What's wrong with you Americans?
0: Man, nobody got time for that lengthy, wide-ranging discussion. This is an introduction of Laura Kinney, X-23, to the Academy. And what better way to introduce a lethal weapon than to show everyone what it does before you just drop it in amongst the population?
2: Actually... That is a good description of what is wrong with us as Americans, but I digress. And so does this narration. We find out that our point of view for this book will be coming from Reptile, or to be clear, the current day body of Reptile, which is mentally inhabited by the
1: future version of Reptile. We learn a bit about his mission through his angsty reminiscing of what is occurring. He has been sent back to make sure things that happened in his past occur in the way that will lead to the future he came from.
0: Ugh time travel mechanics. <sighs> Hang on, I need to go get a bottle of aspirin, <laughs> and a bottle of whiskey, and a bottle of smelling salts to keep me focused.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Reptile is fondly looking at his friends, thinking about how their friendship has all changed because of the, the things that he is going to make happen. But he cannot deviate from that. But he misses his friends. Hand me that bottle collection when you get a chance, would you? I feel like I'm gonna need it.
1: Being from the future myself, I have pre-medicated. So I'm able to deal with Humberto's questioning the changes he already sees, like why White Tiger is here, and pondering why he does not remember his consciousness being sent to the future, probably to Australia. We don't put up with that nonsense in New Zealand's timeline.
0: After a couple of pages of emoing, we focus back in on Giant Man and X-23. Apparently, the idea for Lore to be enrolled here was Logan's. I guess when your dad, aka the older original version that your clone self is derived from, tells you to get out there and be with some other kids, you have to. Even if you were trained to be an
2: assassin from a young age, and will likely kill everyone if your manufactured scent trigger is accidentally
1: set off. That seems to be the argument this young lady has. But she still introduces herself, her backstory, her warning labels, and the standard lawyer disclaimer that if you are dismembered by being around her, well that's all on you, boo. The crowd of kids pause for
0: a moment and then decide as a group that having a friend who is part Cuisinart, part Murder Maiden, part Emotional Detachment, and all cutie patootie would look great on their resume.
2: I would like to point out that Stryker is verifying that Axe Body Spray is not her trigger scent. And of course it would be that kid's, and of course it would be that kid that wears Axe body spray.
1: And speaking of which, this starts off a long scene, and the reason I wanted to be on this show. Julie starts to fly over the obstacle course, but Brandon, glad that his choice of deodorant won't result in one lady killing him, calls after Julie and not subtly asks if she is gay. Stryker is like a product placement
0: in a movie. He has never done anything subtle in his life. Case in point, zapping
1: Julie with electricity to stop her. The superpower equivalent of grabbing a woman's wrist as she's trying to walk away. And Julie's response is to fly back around and introduce
0: Stryker's jaw to her knuckles with a rainbow flyby. Wham! Now
2: she is ready to talk. Or not. After laying him out, she lays out her truth. She is not going to share the intimate details of her sexuality with a perverted little deviant like-
1: Oh, he didn't bring it up to be a pervert. He brought it up because he thinks he's gay. Hang on one
0: moment while I run to a hipster shop and buy a record player so we can get an authentic record scratch here. Uh, no, wait, that'll take too long. So I'll just make this sound instead. Scritch!
2: Julie pauses, but is really not buying this. What about all his comments
1: and innuendos? <laughs> innuendos. Not helping, Jeff. Well, you see, it's all a front. A facade. He's been putting on the hyper-sexual macho acts to cover up for his insecurities. This honestly is enough for Julie to put down her fists in defensive rage and to start talking.
0: She knows exactly who she is, but she doesn't know if she's gay. On that front,
1: she just knows that she loves who she loves. Now we get into the real meaty and talky part of this book. Julie and Brandon have a long conversation about who they are and what they feel. Julie is tired of people telling her she has to choose.
2: She does not want to. She wants to love who she wants. She has not had time to really identify or to think about all this until now. You know, she's been a little busy being a superhero
1: since elementary school. Brandon just advises her to ignore the haters and do what makes her happy. Speaking about Brandon,
0: he has a much rougher backstory. He was a child actor without a dad, but with a manager who seemed to really care about him. And in time, his caring manager started touching him inappropriately. It was during one of these occurrences that his powers kicked in, killing his molester.
2: So, yeah. Brandon is a bit more complex
1: of a character than we thought. He's kind of like a deep-fried onion. He has layers hidden under a breaded crust. Burdened with guilt of killing someone,
0: tying in his sexuality with his trauma, and he is hiding all of this with jerky sexist attitude? I do not know where I'm going with this sentence, but here I am.
1: That is okay. Julia's got this. She's been listening to Brandon, and she's pretty sure that no one has the power to make you something that you're not.
2: Um, I hate to be that guy, he says as pushing up his glasses, but I am pretty sure there are a number of characters in the Marvel Universe that have exactly that power.
0: Okay, Purple Man Rick, but that's not what she's talking about. Like I said before, Brandon did not have a father figure, and he really liked how his manager paid attention to him and seemed to really care about him.
1: Before he started doing what he did. Again, Julie is amazing here. She's pointed out that this is not his fault. This man used Brandon, and that is wrong, and she is sorry. That's what Brandon needed to hear.
2: He breaks down, and Julie holds him.
0: Phew, well, I think we can unpack all of this for later. But for now, the two have obviously become pretty close, and they both
1: promise to be allies to each other. And all this was watched by Reptile. He was told by future Brandon that he had to see this. That may be some
2: serious pranking, or ego, and I'm not sure exactly which.
0: Well,
1: what other mischief can Reptile watch and or cause? How about hitting a hat trick with Hazmat, Metal, and X-23?
2: What can possibly go wrong there? I mean, Laura is the new girl who is very cute, dangerous, and forward, while Hazmat is jealous, prickly, and has a power that keeps her away from everyone, and Metal is a little thick and oblivious.
0: Oh, wait... Hello, Love Triangle,
1: you beautiful, basic plot elemental shape. It starts out simple enough. had killed some Nazis, which can happen, and is afraid that he's going to turn into a serial killer or something. Hazmat wants Lara's thoughts. If there's one thing a Wolverine knows, it is about killing. And
2: Michigan. Wolverines know a lot about Michigan.
1: I don't get that
0: joke. Neither do I, Waffles, but that's not new when you're around Rick. So, while Hazmat is proud of herself for soothing Metal's troubled soul with news that killing for a purpose is okay, Reptile walks up and drops a seed of concern into Hazmat's ear. Watch
1: out, Hazmat. Looks like you've got competition. That lovely seed takes root in the fertile soil of a fragile young woman's view of herself. It drinks deep and quick in the nutrients of doubt, uncertainty, loneliness, and hate. Then it grows into a gnarled plant of jealousy.
2: Dang! Put down those brushes and paints, Bob Ross. We see your dark little unhappy
0: rain clouds. Operations lurk and confusion are complete. Now it is time to infiltrate. There is another event that is vital to the future that Reptile has to get involved
1: with. Oh, is it buying stocks? Is it Betting on sporting events? Oh, is it toppling a government? No, it's helping the Avengers save a mutant who is being harassed
2: by a group of purifiers.
1: Ugh, boring. Hey
0: Waffles, there is nothing boring about stomping on armored bigots picking on a defenseless kid. Fine. Think global, but start local then. Giant Man,
2: Tigra, Quicksilver, and Reptile trounce these reinforced religious rejects rapidly, only to watch in horror that the Reprodates would rather blow themselves up with an all-consuming
1: fire than be taken in. The object of the mission, the young mutant kid named Jimmy, accepts the Avengers' offer to come back to the amazing academics' sprawling estate with free food and housing and beachfront property, rather than staying on the streets. A sound and logical choice. From the file that Hank was sent, it appears
0: that this kid is an orphan who has never adopted and quit going to school. The kid has had a tough life, but since he is a mutant, maybe he'd be better off with the X-Men? Nice.
2: Newly established school pawns off first saved kid to cross town rival.
1: Is their PR being run by the Sinister Six? Reptile, showing that he is the adult in the room next to Giant Man and Hawkeye, suggests asking the kid... What he wants. What the kid wants is a bowl of ice cream
2: right now.
0: And besides the ice cream, he wants to stay here. Oh yeah, but after the ice cream?
2: Kid has priorities straight. Reptile offers to show the new Avenger his room. Hank and Clint think that Humberto is showing real leadership. He is actually setting up a partnership.
0: Of evil. Nice. When Jimmy and Humberto reach Jimmy's new room, the mutant kid morphs into his true form. If I were to describe it, I would say, have you ever seen my favorite movie, The Thing? Oh my god, did the kid turn into Wilford Brimley? No, no, Rick. More like the mutated dog monster. What is wrong with you? The kid can turn into a rampaging monster, not a rampaging diabetic.
1: I was going to say, more like Toxic Avenger. And I am talking about both Rick and what Jimmy looks like. You both are so mean.
2: This kid Jimmy is actually hybrid, a character that has been kicking around since the early
1: 1980s. He's a hybrid human in dire wraith who has fought with the ROM and the X-Men. That would be why he did not want to live with the X-Men. I thought it was because the purple on his skin would clash with the yellow and black uniforms.
0: Hybrid has sussed out that Reptile's consciousness
1: is from the future, so why should he not just kill him now? Oh, this is easy. There is an order of things that has to be done, and Reptile is offering him a school full of prey to eat... Minus some selected friends. Sounds like a deal to me. But, as stated, I am partially evil.
2: And speaking of which, what is happening in the future?
0: Nothing much. Just that a child is broken into the room where the Future Academy members are plotting evil, and we find out that she is the daughter of finessing reptile. What?
2: What? We are going to go ahead and dive headfirst into the cover of this issue. Gentlemen, we made it through the synopsis. And what are we looking at here? We're looking at a Wolverine being thrown right at us. Who wants to yes, de- oh, that's the fastball special. special if ever I've seen? Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wants to describe the cover, aka the fastball special?
1: Waffles, <laughs> well, you're the guest. Please go at it. Oh, I would be delighted. From our point of view, the reader, we have an X-23 coming straight at us, claws extended, clearly being thrown by metal in the background. It's just nothing but uh, pure rage and fear-inducing if ever i've seen it but simple, elegant, clean, beautiful.
2: Yeah. Avengers Academy X23 joins the Avengers Academy.
0: Mm-hmm-hmm. I mean, that's it. <laughs> yep. It's uh, it doesn't happen in the comic, but it could happen and I bet metal would love to throw a cute girl across the a parkway or something. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they're playing lawn darts, and they're playing the most dangerous <laughs> long da- lawn darts of all. I don't know what they do at the academy. They got weird uh, tank traps and stuff around yeah. their tennis courts. The, the, so
2: the, They play basketball over a pool with robots. I mean, you know, yeah.
0: they, they play a little dangerous anyways here. <laughs> yeah. They're a little fast and loose with their uh, yard games. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: I mean this is just clearly... Dodgeball after somebody's accidentally blown up the ball. (laughs) ball
2: Dodgeball with spiky things. Lawn darts with spiky things. What else? Uh, Tennis. They could be playing tennis.
0: (laughs) Could with real Badminton.
2: Badminton. (laughs) Mm
0: (laughs) Volleyball. Volleyball with
1: bowling balls. Oh, it's cricket. They're playing cricket. Clear. No, no.
2: no. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on a second. They are not playing cricket. Nobody understands that game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the point. But people love it.
2: <laughs> I like this cover. This would definitely be a cover that I wouldn't mind having on my on my wall.
0: It's a good one. It, I, I will say yeah. it is
2: a painted cover, and it, there is a bit of a a cleanness with Laura's face. I mean, they kind of do the, the thing. How can you tell Laura's young? It's because they have no wrinkles or creases on her face at all, which, yeah, it makes her look young, but it also makes her look like. She has had an injection, a body injection of Botox.
0: What was funny on that is she had her lips thinned, not plumped. Yeah. So so I guess she did the Botox first, and then later she'll have to get the uh, the collagen implant.
1: <laughs> hey, what can I say? Uh, beauty standards are harsh, even for superheroes. Mm-hmm, it's true.
2: <laughs> and besides, she has to keep getting the Botox because her healing factor keeps on dealing with it. I mean, yep. it's never-ending battle for these people. Anything else we anybody want to say on this cover? Oh, I should say it's done by Rodin Esquijo. We'll go ahead and start off with the talk first, I guess. You know, might as well not walk around it. We'll just go ahead and talk about it.
1: I'm sure you got things you got to say, Raffles, because you wanted to talk about this book, right? I, I did. And and if you'll allow me to get quite vulnerable for a second. Please. And also just a warning to the audience as well. You got the content warning up, up top, but this is going to be quite raw. I myself am bisexual. It is something that I haven't struggled with it, but I've struggled with the perception of it for many years, never fully wanting to accept it in myself. Sort of grew up in quite a conservative household, cliche, I know, but it is one of those things that has a lot of trauma associated with you, especially growing up in an age when it wasn't really a thing. You were either straight, which was fine and normal, or you were gay, which was shunned and punished. Mm -hmm. And bisexuality just didn't exist. And so reading this this comic and hearing them talk about it, both the being gay thing and the being bisexual thing in – a very non-confrontational, non-judgmental way. Uh, I had a lot of emotions about it. Mm-hmm. I, I did cry the first time I read this comic, especially these panels, just to see it sort of laid out quite, just It's a very matter of fact. It'd be mm-hmm. like, this this is just who I am. I love who I love. And there sh- that shouldn't be anybody else's business. And it is, I think, Quite empowering to to see it. it, especially in such a way. There is like a lot of you know toxic masculinity tied up into that, which we, which we see with Stryker and the dismantling of that, the discussion around that, and it, it's it's just a, it's a very. I know it's, it's a very rare thing. It's becoming more common these days as more and more representation is happening, which is great. But to see sort of it, it from the sort of, uh, comic from way back when, it's nice. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 very nice. And it gives me, it, it gives me sort of this, uh, this hope for the, for the future that children, LGBTQIA plus kids growing up nowadays won't fingers crossed. I mean, there's a lot of struggles in the world mm-hmm. around oh, yeah. LGBTQIA plus. But the the fact that there is representation in media, that more people are talking about it, more people are aware of it, means, fingers crossed, hopefully one day there won't be that trauma and struggles around it that I had to face and had to come to terms with myself growing up. And so it's, yeah, it, it brings up a lot of complicated issues. Mm-hmm. It's also a comic where people are punching stuff and killing Nazis, which, yay. <laughs>
0: It's something everybody can get behind. I want to first off
2: say thank you very much for sharing that with us. I appreciate it. And thank you for being honest about how this comic affected you and how you saw the message that was in the comic. I I think that's very brave. And I think that's wonderful that you came on and asked to do this one and to talk about it. So thank you very much for that. I I was thinking about what you're saying with this. And I think some of the things that really stand out to me right away is we talked about the cover of this book. It's about metal throwing X-23. It's a shattered heroes. It says X-23 joins the Academy. Nothing on this book says a very special issue. Nothing on this book highlights Stryker or Julie. On the cover, it's about X-23 joining. It's the first kind of introduction. The majority of the books about Reptile and his thoughts about what's going on. But they have this really meaty conversation right in the middle of the book. Let's talk about this. But it's not the focus of the book. And there's something, like you said, there's something nice and comforting about that. Going back to 1992, where we have Alpha Flight 106, where North Star comes out as gay. That book was solicited as that. It had North mm-hmm. Star on the cover. The entire book was just this drama set piece about him coming out as gay. It was a very special after-school special. Mm-hmm. And a half. And that's what you had. And that's what we usually see. We have a lot of conversations now about what is acceptable for kids, what is acceptable for literature, what is acceptable to have in front of people. We have a comic book that, once again, is talking about this as a matter of fact issue. It is one of the things that the kids are dealing with, along with having powers, making adult decisions, killing people, being taught the right way, having forces against them. And then there's also the hey, and we talked about it last issue too. Hey, I like this person. I want to have a relationship with this person, but I don't think I'm ready for it yet. And then there's also, well, I want to have a relationship with a the person. They're same sex as me. Is that going to be okay? Is that going to be frowned upon? Mm-hmm. What's the image that I'm showing to the world? Why am I showing this image to the world? There's a lot of these things that are going on and they are the more relatable issues than I've got superpowers, metaphors, yeah. everything, of course.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the fact that it was just part of the story and like you were saying how it wasn't pointed to or special issued or anything or even hinted about or like that wasn't the focus of it. It was just part of the storytelling is fantastic because that's the way that these kind of things should be instead of like you're saying going, oh, it's a very special issue and we'll touch it one time and we've done our work we've done it we can pat ourselves on the Mm. back no just make it part of the storytelling it's normal it's organic Mm. it's just more of the tale it's just like oh okay this is what i know about these characters and i've learned stuff and this is great and this gives a tie from the new girl julie to one of the originals with brandon and then it's like oh now they have a relationship but it's not the relationship that you might think that would be because you're like oh two attractive people saw each other they're main characters i guess they're dating now kind of thing So yeah, it's nice that it's included and it is nice that it exists. And it's also nice to know that this can be storytelling that can be progressed throughout
1: the series. Spoiler alert, I guess, for future issues. (laughs) The fact that this plot point isn't left here. It's not a kill your gaze situation where character comes out as queer. It's this whole big thing and they die at the end, which is an uncomfortably common trope. Mm -hmm. But the fact that both of these characters have plot points going forwards that deal with their sexuality in, and I'm not going to spoil it, in interesting ways. And how they handle that and how that ties into the story, I think is handled quite well in my opinion, but other people might have different readings of it than me. But yeah, like it, it's, it's very, I don't, it's, it's it's just nice mm-hmm. that they can have this like it's not a world-ending threat or anything like that like the fact that this comic makes room for this conversation and one of the things i really want to uh, uh, highlight is the fact that brandon's queerness isn't like linked to the trauma they address that and yeah. say that you can have trauma and you can have a past but that didn't make you like it affected you, but it didn't make you this way. Like you are this way and that is fine. Perfectly normal and cromulent, but you can deal with the trauma. But dealing with the trauma doesn't mean you stop being gay. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the trauma didn't make you gay. You can deal with the trauma and still be gay at the end. And the gayness doesn't have to create more trauma. It can create joy. It can create, you know, these beautiful moments and, and relationships. And as I said, like addressing this toxic masculinity of this feeling of having to hide it behind this bravado and this over sexualization and the fact that he talks about deliberately heading on people that wouldn't go with him. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's just like it's it's a point in futility mm-hmm. and addressing that and because like that there is that temptation to to mask and to hide and to play this 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 character that you believe a uh, society, especially because he is an actor. he is he is mm-hmm. involved in the arts, and which is my background. Like I'm <laughs> from the theater. i am I am classically trained. So like, you know this hits hard just in 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 all these like dismantling of tropes and addressing it and 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 just really having this sort of beautiful moment of, you have a past and that is okay and your past doesn't have to prevent you having a future and seeing, seeing Brandon cry Mm -hmm. like that's, that's what gets me was there was this fact of like this, this sort of this beautiful moment where they're having these emotions and letting them out. And like, it's so rare in comics that are filled with bravado and filled with this hyper-masculine idealism and seeing one of these, you know, hyper-masculine characters breaking down and crying and having emotions and being vulnerable is just, just beautiful, beautiful. I want to see it more. I don't think it happens enough, but just seeing it here is, is just, it's, it's just beautiful. It's great. I can't say enough about it.
0: It is really neat because he introduces it where Julie kind of tells her truth and then he's like, this is kind of nothing. It doesn't affect me at all. Don't, you know, don't tell anybody about it. But and then he starts telling it, you know, what happened to him, at which point Julie is just like, whoa, um, yeah, this is not your fault and you do not need to hide it is okay, it was not your fault, and I'm sorry this happened to you. Because he was still masking it. You know, he had opened up truth going, hey, I think I'm gay. But, and just to be able to have that openness and that release, and even at the end of it, where he's like, really shared a lot of strangers, this is kind of excessive. Julie's like, we know each other better now than most people know each other, so realize you're going through hard times, but you don't have to be alone now. And that that's a powerful message right there. Knowing that you can have somebody that can understand or if not understand will be there and just be like hey i can at least be here with you
2: like you said to reiterate accepting the different traumas that are there not to say that his sexuality is a trauma but having to hide it that's a trauma the past that he had with his manager it's a trauma the death that he caused with his power trauma and so you start putting these things on top of each other and you start to bury the lead that you're tying up what, you're, what you are and who you really are as part of that, and you're tying that all together in the same package, and you can't split it apart. And that's where he's at right now, which it's acceptable. You can see it. You can completely see it. That's all tied together. Got it. Julie does the kind job of just gently pulling those pieces out. Okay, well, we'll put that one over there. We'll put that over here. We'll put that over here. These are all separate things that are all in the same package. We just need to separate them out. And start to work on healing from there. And even not being a you know, trained psychologist or anything like that, she just has enough emotional intelligence to know how she can open up and how she can help him deal with this right here and now and just be a friend. It's handled well. And it, once again, it's the credit to this issue really lies in the fact that it's, it's a silly issue that's kind of all over the place on some levels. It doesn't have a single narrative thread that really ties a lot together. There's a lot that's going on.
0: What are you talking about, Rick? A time-traveling dinosaur has recruited a hybrid dire wraith to eat students at his school. What's what's hard to follow there?
2: That's the last story. (laughs) This is like the third story that's in the book of like six stories, man. You've got this really powerful statement that's here, and they've got it tucked in here. And yet, at the same time, I think it flows and fits with this. Going back to what Reptile is doing, Reptile is watching this. He is the narrator of the story. How much, you have to think, is Brandon kind of skipping ahead to the end here with the future issue that's going on? The main students of the Avengers Academy in the future have decided they're going to go back in time, and they want to make sure that this timeline's correct. Is Brandon really punking his friend Reptile? Is Brandon trying to destroy what they're really doing subtly by saying, hey, you have to watch this interaction. Because what this is doing is this is causing him to care and say, wow, there's a lot that's here. And it's causing him to question what he's doing in the past and how he's getting involved and what he's seeing and what he's experiencing. Does Brandon really want Julie to die? Julie, like, helped him out here. That's a lot. So there's there's questions about what's going on. They st- they'll still manage to tie it together pretty well but it's just one of the stories
1: like the implications of all the future stuff is that all of those relationships have broken down and mm-hmm. that's that they are only together through convenience yeah. and like how often have you ever thought about trying to go back in, in the past and fix a relationship that fell apart or you know go back and redoing stuff and
2: every day at least twice an hour <laughs>
1: It is, it's so related. Having this opportunity to go back and being stuck in the fact of, like, if I you know screw up one iota, then the whole future is going to be different. So I'm I'm very constrained in what I can do. But if I can introduce just a drop of empathy into this, if I can just like introduce just that little bit of elements of of humanity that. Even though we are dealing with world-ending stakes and, you know, these massive threats and huge amounts of trauma, at the end of the day, if we can still have that compassion for each other while we're saving the planet and saving lives and, and everything, like, that is – like, that's important. Like, that's something moving forward that we – you know, we can't travel back in time, but we're constantly traveling into the future. Mm-hmm. And so, like – remembering that just like a drop of compassion a drop of humanity can be so powerful and so affecting and i think that's what we're seeing here like that like my reading of it is that he's like witness this moment witness this moment of vulnerability and compassion and let that affect you and once again not spoiling future issues Mm -hmm. but it has an effect like, this goes somewhere. Because thinking about that, Stryker
0: also let their kid, Maria, into the lab. It was like, oh, yes. I kind of couldn't stop her. Yes. It's things like that. So that is kind of interesting you're saying this because they don't say who is trying to keep the future the way that it is, but it honestly seems like it's the worst possible timeline. So I'm kind of like, what's so good that they have to save by ruining everything else? Because it's like, oh, hey, Reptile and Finesse had a kid together, but Finesse doesn't let humberto call her by the name anymore hey gosh i wonder if uh if i told metal about what's going on gonna happen in the future if we could still be friends oh well you know just so many different things and then it's like introducing the horror known as hybrid into the school feast or pray or hunt on other students except for a select few it's just like it doesn't seem like you're trying to keep something good alive because he even says Humberto even says he's like how many times have people wish that they could travel back to high school knowing what they know now yeah. but instead of making it right, I have to keep it the way that it was. It's like at that point, I also don't understand why would you, you would travel back in time because you're just going to possibly change things. But that's you know whatever.
2: That gets an entire thing about the future, the the future affecting the past, and which timeline is this? And are you going to believe Back to the Future laws or Avengers Endgame laws on changing time and reality and that kind of thing? And he, you already are changing it anyways because you've got your future self in there affecting things and it's not going to get affected the right way. And you've already come down there and realize, Oh, I didn't remember white tiger being here. How could I forget that?
0: Yeah. It's already changed. It's already changed. So you've already screwed
2: up. You've already failed. So you know what? Why not try to make the best of it then? Mm -hmm. One other point that I want to get to is my favorite gin blossom song. And that's Hey Jealousy. What do you guys think about the entire love triangle thing that Umberto is kind of starting here. You got the weird relationship between Hazmat and Metal, and you got Hazmat just not being that sane of a person anyways. She's got very fragile <laughs> yeah. ego. And yeah. then you've got Laura there, who's just being Laura. And you got Metal there just like, oh, I'm a big dumb
0: ox. Thoughts? <laughs> Other than Laura, like, making him feel good about his murder rampage spree that he went on. Okay, he called some Nazis in the mech suits. She's like, okay, I'm not an, I consider myself an expert on very few things, but killing is one of them. Here's more story. There's a difference between killing to protect people and killing because you get a thrill out of it. You did it to protect people. Like, yeah, but I got, you know, I did feel a rush when I, right. after I'd done it. Yes, that's the adrenaline and people can get addicted to it. What does it make you feel like when you think of it now? He's like, I'm like, I want to hurl. She's like, you're not getting a, right. you, you had a rush, but you're not becoming addicted to it. This is something you don't want to do. He's looking at her just, you know, cause she's just kind of like, here, let's process what you're feeling and give you some, you know, emotional basis on that and some concrete structure to work on. And he, you know, so he's looking at her like, Hey, wow, you know, like, that really helped. Thank you. I don't think he was just like, hey, wow, thank you for justifying my murders. You want to grab a malted sometime? No, I think he was just looking at her like, wow, she's helping me. He's not thinking of her in any way other than as like, oh, somebody help me when he's got his girlfriend there. I think we've
2: all got that. It's just the piece that's added in there is Reptile coming in and just adding a little bit of fly to that ointment. Yep. And causing Mm -hmm. Hazmat to go off the rails. For mm-hmm. no reason except that she's a hazmat.
1: <laughs> she's hazmat and it's kind of what she does and she's very twitchy. Yeah. I personally have a soft spot for these teen books. Like I love Avengers Academy, Champions, like Young Avengers, any like X-Men teen books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strange Academy mm-hmm. is is quite good. And it's this is just one of the most. like it's just one of the tropes that comes with the territories, is you gotta have those love triangles, you've yeah. gotta have those miscommunication mm-hmm. uh, errors of these two people are very clearly in a relationship this person is very much not interested but the drama and and so it, it it feels very much like the writers dropping off like taking off a checklist of oh we've got to have a love triangle in there somewhere i don't i, I really like metal and hazmat as a relationship yeah. like as as mm-hmm. like physical metaphors of like him being sort of this this very sort of soft-hearted person behind this very tough exterior, her having a toxic personality as as well as literally being toxic to anybody uh, who she opens up to. And I'm fairly sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, in like past issues, they've had conversations about whether they're together because they actually like each other or whether they're together because like literally they're the only two people that can be in a room without killing each <laughs> Pretty other. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and there is... A foundation to this relationship. And I think, like, when they want to be, they can actually be sort of quite sweet and loving to each other. But once again, like going back to like trauma and, and, you know, being like teenagers full of hormones and not knowing how to process things and, and, you know, having these like hairline triggers, uh, you know, it's all part of the course. And, there'll be some interesting things coming down the line mm-hmm. from this, but you know, like it's very much paint by numbers of how these plots go mm-hmm. doesn't mean it can't be, be good and interesting, yeah. but like the sort of uh, physical metaphor. I, I love like when they, when they do that, it's almost like a nominative determinism, but like artistic determinism. <laughs> uh, and then you have Lara Kenny being like this personification of just like bestial feral instincts. Mm-hmm. And you know, and like, ironically enough, like, she is the most calm and logical <laughs> one there, you know, and she's probably got, like, the she's got, like, the most trauma out of anyone in that group. But, like, she – the only difference is, like, she's learned how to process yeah. it. She's had mm-hmm. Logan as a mentor. Like, she's – she knows how to, like, compartmentalize the stuff and how to not let it affect relationships and how to – take the time and space to deal with the things that she needs to deal with. And she's offering that out. But like the rest of them, it's, it's all just hormone Mm -hmm. city, no stops till the end sort of. And, and so like, it's a very logical response of like, just have that little seed of doubt, just being like full blown hands off. He's mine, which
0: here's what I'm hoping in this. I'm hoping they do follow through with this trope of the love triangle, but only from one angle. Only from Hazmat's side. And Laura and Metal are not involved with it, but just in Hazmat's mind. I think that might be an interesting kind of, like, you know, view of it. So No spoilers, but
1: these characters have a lot of growth yeah. that they need to oh, go and, through. And,
0: and, <laughs>
2: yeah. and to be fair, Laura, we already know that she is pretty much She's kind of a cold fish to all this. She's got her other things that she's got to deal with. And she is practical. She's logical. So, yeah, she's as oblivious as Metal to most of this, too, because... Yeah. It just doesn't interest her. Like she's just trying to be a good, supportive friend. But that's another thing too. I mean, we go back to the conversation we started with between Brandon and Julie. And we look at Hazmat and Laura and Metal. All of these kids are dealing with sexuality and their feelings the same way. Laura's not interested. Anybody. She's just worried about herself. Metal... He wants to be loved, but look at what he looks like. Hazmat, her sexuality involved, kind of like Brandon. It involved hurting somebody and nearly killing somebody. So all these kids are dealing with sexuality and love and relationships on different terms, and yet they're all it's, they're all playing a game of joust on different levels, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and trying yeah. to and- figure out how to jump up there and get the birds and everything wow that's yeah, a metaphor right there ain't it everybody's riding a turkey everybody's
1: riding a turkey and, and like from a pure like emotional level you know i remember being a teen myself which was longer ago than i care to admit <laughs> that, days that,
0: ago there was oh
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that there is the sense of Oh, if I ask this person out and I get rejected or or what if I ask them out and we start dating, but then I do the wrong thing. And, and there is this very much the sense of like not having superpowers and still being afraid of hurting people and still being afraid, you know, messing things up and causing disasters and, you know, seeing in my peer group of just relationships going south and just the amount of collateral damage that can happen from that. And that's without any of them being like walking nuclear reactors or being able to like punch through buildings. From that sense, like there is this sort of very much, even though they have these like superpowers and they can do these amazing things, there's still that sense of emotions are hard. Yes, And like Mm -hmm. I could punch somebody and kill them but like my words have a much bigger impact than mm-hmm. that like hurting somebody physically is is one thing but hurting somebody emotionally and spiritually is on an entirely other level and i think like that's what they're getting at yeah and it lasts with you and sticks with you and oh, yeah. sometimes it's
0: intentional and sometimes it's accidental and you don't know if you accidentally like put an elbow into somebody's eye, you know it. But if you accidentally say something that completely wrecks
1: them, you may not. The The recovery and the even like the, the getting past that of, of the sort of trying to rebuild these relationships, that can be some of the hardest things that you've ever gone through as a human being, like trying to accidentally damaging somebody emotionally and then trying to recompense that is... That in itself is superhuman task. Like that is mm-hmm. one of the hardest things that people can ever go through. and yeah, like that's the stakes. That's what we're playing with.
2: I would like to take this moment to remove us into the part of the show where we actually say words that hurt people and injure relationships and really, really skewer, the creators of this book as we get into our gallery of greatness and talk about the art in the book that we want to pin to our walls and absolutely ignoring and mocking those pieces of art that we don't want to touch. Segue. All right. It was a good (laughs) one. It was a good
1: one. Kudos, kudos.
2: (laughs) Let's talk about some good joke art in this book. I know we've got some. Waffles, you're our
1: guest. Do you got some joke artwork that you would like to point out to us? Yes. Marvel Unlimited, page 15, at the very bottom, giant man, looming large in the background <laughs> as Quicksilver is is running fast, and I, I call it looming large. Yeah. It's just, it's a very weird perspective. <laughs>
0: It is a little fisheye. I actually think that's funny because I also looked at that on Marvel Unlimited. That's my back one of my backup best ones. I called it Quinjet because they're all rushing to and fro around the Quinjet. So I like that one a lot. I, I, if I, w- uh, it is very dynamic. It's yeah.
2: extremely dynamic. I looked at that one a lot. I could not even put that into my backup or good art one. I didn't know what to do with that one, and I was <laughs> pretty sure somebody would bring it up. It is ridiculous, and and. It's Giant yes. Man, he's bent over
1: and he's got this goofy look like, on his face. It's the pose, it's the fact that his arms are bent out backwards like he's Naruto running. Like it's <laughs>
2: and the position of the Quinjet with the giant man behind him, it's 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 not right, folks. It's there, There's, it's there's a hint that's there that's not right. Let's move on. I it, don't want to look at this I, one I think anymore. It, I,
0: <laughs> no, I do think it's funny that uh, Waffles picked that as his joke backup, and I picked it as my backup best. I think that's funny because I do totally see where you go, this is a joke. Yeah, Jeff, what do you got for a good joke one? On page six of Marvel Unlimited, I call it the worst ear infection I've ever seen. <laughs> And this is a uh, just a cl- it's just a little thumbnail picture of Humberto's face. And he's transformed just his ear and kind of neck area into a dinosaur ear that can hear really well. Because he's spying on Tigra and Giant Man talking to Laura, who just came in, because he was always like, you know, I always wonder what they were saying. And so he's listening in and he's transformed into a dinosaur. ear, But it just looks like a terrible, terrible overrun infection on his ear. It is just nasty looking.
2: It. It's not going to heal if you keep picking at it.
0: No. I mean, just just let it heal,
1: man. I, th- I think they have a cream for that.
0: Yeah, I understand that, like, dripping vanilla oil in it or something is homeopathic. Go get the antibiotics, dude. You need them. <laughs>
2: My backup joke one is on the second page, and it's the bottom panel after all of the kids have been watching this a horrendous fight between Tigra and, and Laura and then they stop and they just start talking like talking about their nails and talking about shopping and the kids face the kids who are watching it's this good. their yeah. facial expression
0: is fuck happened <laughs> yeah they are shocked
2: shock horror and and, and trauma <laughs>
0: Look at Vanessa's face, though. What does Vanessa's face look like? Passive. Just blank. Completely passive. Passive. Yeah. It's blank because she doesn't get the emotional cues on that where everybody else is like, huh, jaw dropping. So it's awesome. It's an awesome picture.
2: Even White Tiger with a full mask on, you can tell she's like,
0: oh.
1: <laughs> you can tell. This is my top joke one. And I, and I just call them, oh, can't I see no. that. Can't unsee that. No. No.
0: No.
2: Let me go ahead and throw my top joke one here because I think I'm, I'm at least one behind you guys here. And I call this one Home Run. And I wanted to know if you guys can even guess what I'm talking about when I give it that title. The good old Louisville oh, Slugger the, uh, that Julie provides oh, to Brendan's oh, yes. face when she swings mm-hmm. around and gives him a two-fisted punch of justice. Yeah, Home Run, Julie slugging Brandon. That made me chuckle. I'm like, <laughs> 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 he deserved it. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, totally did. But we, I will give you mine, Mm -hmm. which is on page twenty, and I call it "worst case of pink eye I've ever seen." (laughs) And this is when (laughs) notice the theme. This is when Jimmy is transforming into his uh, hybrid form. Except he's he's got one human eye, one big swollen yellow eye. His skin's turning all pink. It's just again, go and get some antibiotics. You've got a bad infection.
2: I think that's our joke ones. Who's got some good art that yep. we haven't talked about yet?
1: Well, I did my backup of the Quinjet, which was his backup joke, so. Page 17, right at the bottom. Quicksilver dismantling one of the fanatics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just called this. I'm seeing double four Quicksilvers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of really good art in this book. There was yeah, a lot like, of really good art. Hard to choose, but that's my, mm-hmm. my backup good art of just... It really conveys the speed, which I think is is essential. It's, it's dynamic. It's using the space mm-hmm. really well. But yeah, it's just, it's it's simple and just I like it. I, I just it's nice. The,
0: it's, it's the purifiers cool. look neat yeah. too. They did a, they, that is a really oh, good yeah panel. yeah yeah
2: yeah. And and I do like this one too. I like a good speed motion action scene and this one's really good it's a real good use of quicksilver as a character and circling around you get the motion you get the feeling you get the urgency it's a really good use and especially with the color the green color against the white of the purifier is Mm. also very good too that almost made one of mine as well
1: with with the red eye right in the dead center Mm -hmm. i think that's what that's what sold it for me was just the fact use of color but just like the the red eye draws your eye to it and then the quicksilver's around. Just it's really dynamic. It's really well uh, positioned. Yeah. I yeah, you know, it's got, like it, you could see the passage of time yeah. throughout it. Like you can see the the cause and effect of this the very like very rapid dismantling, which which is fun. Speaking of
2: rapid dismantling, my backup art was the first page.
1: The,
2: <laughs> the up close and personal bloody fight that's going on between Laura and Tigra. I liked it. I mean you you're you're seeing Laura's blades all bloody. She's got her foot up, she's about to just stab Tigra right in the face. Tigra's just they're just all over each other. It is vicious and it's cool. And it's it's a great opening splash page. I just really like it.
0: It's neat concept too because it's like we both have blades or claws, we both have advanced healing. Yeah, just go to town. Yeah. Nothing personal. It's just yeah, go Do some stabby stabs.
2: It's very cool, and it's a very it bleeds right into explaining all the different parts of it too, which is awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Does anybody else have a top good art one? My top good art is on page twenty one, and I call it hybrids. Are you on the same page, buddy? Yeah.
1: What about you, waffles?
0: No, I'm waffles. Are you on the same page for your top? I've got a different okay.
1: one. I oh. use... I, I was going to put that one, but I knew you guys would pick it. And so I deliberately chose something else so we could talk about. But that nice. is just
0: phenomenally well yeah. done. This is when uh, Jimmy has turned into his hybrid form, which is fine. This human dire hybrid. Humberto as reptile, he's transformed. You know, he's like partially transformed because normally when you see him, he's like full dinosaur. In this, he's got like a stegosaurus tail. He's got dinosaur claw, claw arms. He's got like not a triceratops you know, but head fro- crest kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, it's got like, yeah.
2: Bony head crown kind of thing. Yeah.
0: He looks awesome. And it's just oh, like, yeah. yeah, it's like these are two hybrids talking to each other. This is cool. So that's why I picked it. I'm sure Rick did for, did for the pretty same, much reason. same
2: reason. I, same reason. It's a great just showcasing of art here of like, I want to draw two ugly monsters and I want to just enjoy yep. it. and. It's great for that. It's right out of a monster EC book or something like that. It's it's
1: great. It's pretty neat. What you got there, Waffles? Page nine, top right panel. It's very simple. I call this one finger gun stun. <laughs> it's Julie Power being <laughs> completely <laughs> stunned. And it's just this this beautiful look, uh, like finger coming out at the audience, face of just this the ultimate expression of just huh. This is after uh, Julie
0: was reading the Riot Act to uh, yeah. Stryker, and Stryker's like, "I think I'm gay." Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Oh, and this has just, become a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, know? and it's it's like one panel captures like you can see so much emotion happening. It's it's just simple, elegant. No word balloons, no captions, or anything like that. Just all all of those emotions captured in in the art, and I I like it for the simplicity and just like really using the visual medium of of story of comics to to tell the story you don't need a thought mm-hmm. balloon you don't need anything else it's all just in in that look of just wide-eyed mouth agape finger just halfway through the accusation like I, I really like it i think it it captures the moment very succinctly. and
2: it's got some innocence in there as well there, there's, oh, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of good feelings that are in there so that's a real good choice real good choice I'm sorry, Jeff, I cut you off. Were you trying to say something, you hussy? Oh, 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 rubber and glue moment, rubber and glue moment. (laughs) What was the best or most childish insult in here? And I went ahead and threw out the top one I had with hazmat-coring Laura, a hussy. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: That was my top Mm -hmm. one. That was my top one.
0: It's pretty devastating because Metal didn't understand what was going no, on. No, no, no,
2: not, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And she's dragging
0: him away. And he's like, I do huh? uh,
2: Waffles, <laughs> what do you got? What's a good rubber and
1: gloom of it or a good backup one that you got in this book? My backup? I, I went a bit non-conventional. Okay. But it's from Joey Powers. You might recognize the art. That hurts you little wham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When words can't do it fists and do the talking for you mm-hmm. she was about to
2: insult him but her fist got oh, in yeah. the way
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i like it i like it she had just been electrocuted by him as a way of getting her attention yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah she had a
2: whole bunch of cuss words that were coming her way but
0: the sound of her oh, fist yeah.
2: blockaded those
0: yeah jeff what do you got you're gonna see a lot of striker and julie talking in mine but uh page 10 they're at the stage where they're talking and because she's like look yeah a lot of people knew when they were kids that what their sexuality was i was too busy getting superpowers from alien horses and then there's people who think that i'm just confused under bad influences like i moved west and suddenly caught the gay which is ellie's answers to bad bugs (laughs) it's not so much insulting him as it's just like she's got a lot of repressed kind of anger about this deal and i just like the whole range that she did there i thought that was really great Oh yeah, just getting a lot
1: out. Yeah, she's getting a lot out.
0: (laughs) My
2: backup was hazmat calling Laura the Yoda of killers.
0: Oh, that was a good one.
1: That was my number one. That's a good (laughs) one. I love that. And and, and once again, let's get some advice from the Yoda of killers over (laughs) here. It's not quite an insult, but it is an insult.
0: I actually like saw that as being like that's hazmat being gracious kind of thing. It's like
2: it still is a dig, but it's a nice dig.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's extremely passive-aggressive. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick it, but that is a good one. What do you got, Jeff? It's on page eight, and this is Stryker and Julie just now engaging, and Julie's response is, I'm sure there's plenty of websites that can help you with your needs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ow. You know, it's just like, you know, it's not that I want to know what websites they are for a friend, but uh, <laughs> no, it just the aspect of, like, Hey, I want to talk to you. Yeah, you need to Uh talk to me. I know what your needs are, you pervy perv. So, (laughs) so good. All right, Waffles, here is something
2: new for you to think about and enjoy and try to come up with something. It's our Parent of the Year Award. We thought that Reed Richards showed us what being a good parent is not. And so we wanted to develop this trophy that we could hand off to people who were bad or good parents in each issue. Jeff, do you got a Parent of the Year Award?
0: Finesse, future finesse, (laughs) for the simple fact that she was literally a parent and had to be reminded that this child that got into their lab is her child. She's like, oh, yes, I recognize. I thought I recognized her movements. Good choice. She's She's got the brain that lets her do the physical stuff, but it makes the memories go away. So it's kind of not her fault, but also it was really a bad parenting moment. Wow,
2: that is a really good choice. I really question mine, because that's a really good one. I really like that one.
3: <laughs> I'll go ahead and
2: say mine. I thought Tigra, and I don't really know if it's good or bad, but my the thought mm-hmm. behind it was, don't you like it when mom takes the new foster girl and sizes her up by having a straight-up blood match
1: in front of you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guess that
1: would be a bad oh, that'll parent. that'll certainly do it. <laughs> it. It takes all sorts, yeah.
0: Well, I, no, I mean, that's fairly good parenting. Anytime uh, Aurora brings a little friend around, I just yeah. get in the old hexagonal uh, ring and let's, let's just see what you got. And they're like, I'm six. I'm like, yeah, you're going to be... <laughs> Six and stones because I'm going to beat you. You're, not, no. hitting oh, you're yeah. not hitting me. You're not hitting yeah. me. You're not hitting me. Yeah. Yeah. What you got?
2: <laughs> Waffles, who do you think is a good parent or a bad parent in this book?
1: I've got two that I was tossing okay. up with. I, I guess I will do my joke back up one first. The very appropriately named, uh, soon not appearing in this book, Logan mm. for enrolling x23 into the academy i think education is important Mm -hmm. and enrolling your ward into a school is always a good parenting thing yep i like that choice
2: that's a that's a solid choice
1: my uh second serious answer reptile Mm. something 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 time traveling to (laughs) preserve the timeline in which your kid exists yeah Anybody willing to, to travel back and relive childhood trauma certainly has some paternal instincts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he did it all to save his kid. Yep. I'm sure that's going to be the uh, the outcome of the story. He's like, I need to make my kid exist. <laughs> yes. I'm sure that's going to be the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll all work out perfectly fine. Oh, it's going to go so It's going to go so well.
2: Let's talk about the most popular and most shunned, the best character and the worst character in this issue. I'm going to go ahead and go first because you just mentioned Amurto, and I'm going to tell you, he was my worst in this book. Same. And and the reason why is because he is causing the mischief, he's causing the mayhem, and he's eavesdropping on all of his friends and... He is just really the worst in this book. He is the person that's causing all the trauma. He's causing all of the, the issues to happen. Yeah, we need that. But at the same time, I just, he's horrible in this book. And he's learning that this is a lot harder than he thought. But yeah, he's just the
0: worst. Again, it looks like he's trying to preserve the worst possible timeline. But when he's in there, he's like, I've gone back in time not to make it right, but to make it how it was. It's like, that's not good. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Same. Same with you. I'm right, right on the same page. Who you got, Waffles? Just for diversity, uh, I went with Hazmat, because jealousy is never a good look on anybody. Solid choice. Mm-hmm. Solid choice. But that that was just for purely to have a bit more of a conversation, because yeah, obviously, obviously, it's Umberta. <laughs>
0: no, <but laughs> yeah. I, I- Honestly- <laughs> you, you went for the diversity <laughs> choice. I get it. Honestly, yeah. though, it's- yeah.
2: Going back to that conversation, the fact that it took one sentence- for
1: Umberto yes. to the, push the, her over the edge, the the fact that she was already thinking yeah, it, yeah, the fact yeah. that like yeah yeah it it didn't take much for her to <laughs> go he's
2: like this is this is the easiest thing I had to do all day push
1: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah
0: it would have been even better and dumber if he had just like walked up and just said you should be angry yeah and and that she was like I am angry about Actually, this even worse
2: all she need to do is go by and go whoosh,
0: whoosh, that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, what time is it? Oh, that's on that Laura yep. hussy. Oh, that hussy! <laughs> <had> <yes. laughs>
2: I'm gonna be shocked if we don't all have the best one here,
0: Julie. J to the U to the Julie. L to the I to the Julie? E. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Julie. Around yep. the horn.
2: Julie is a yep. good friend.
1: Yes, that's it.
2: That's it right there. Not trained in it. Not not trying to stand out and solve the
0: issue. She's listening. And she's talking. She's a violent enemy and a, and a caref- caring friend.
2: Yep. yep, yep, yep. Hey, we all agreed on something. That's cool. <laughs> hey! Mm. Now, can we got agree where this book fits in our issues? All of our top grades. All of the issues I've got at least one member of Power Pack in them. And, of course, we start off with Fantastic Four number 588, A Month of Mourning. Going down to spot number 16, where Julie becomes an actress for a hot second in Loner's volume one, number four, going down to spot number 28, Runaways. Number one, the Runaways are told by Gert from the future to beware of Victor. Ah, Another future time traveling one. Mm -hmm -hmm. Spot number 45. One of Jeff's favorite issues that got really sunk down into the list somehow. I don't understand why. He loves Darkhawk. I don't know what's going on here, but spot number 45 is Darkhawk number two. Chris is offered a personal trainer and he goes into space to do like parkour or something. And then at the bottom, (laughs) we have Loners number three What Lies Beneath? Julie is in a hospital and everyone finds out nothing. Nothing waffles this one touched you how good is this issue overall though it's got a one really powerful scene in there but how good is this issue overall
1: for you see i will admit i'm biased i love avengers academy it's one of my favorite runs of comics ever and like this issue as i've said it has a special place in my Mm -hmm. heart like i would be very disappointed if this didn't make the top 10 like my pitch Mm -hmm. is that it's the new number seven that's just me spitballing
2: It's a place to start. That spot is currently held by number 22, the issue before it, Disappointments, and that's where Magneto and the X-Men show up to help fight Quicksilver. The one thing I will say off the top of my head is that that issue has one good through line throughout. It's pretty darn solid. It's like, this is what the story is about. It's, It's Magneto there to help and just having a fight with Quicksilver, and that's what's really good about this one. This issue is... A little bit scattershot. That's kind of my feeling on it. Jeff, you got anything you want to say?
0: I actually do, because I was also looking at 7, and I think that I... Because I'm like, okay, where, what are ones that we've covered already? And I'm like, yeah, 7 is feeling like a good location for it. Because between the two, I, I do think I like this one a little bit better. So I agree with Waffles. I think 7 is a great spot for it.
1: Okay. Uh, my, my counter-argument to this point, just to, to help the you know conversation... This issue felt more like an Avengers Academy issue, whereas the previous one feels more like a family drama between Magneto and Quicksilver. Yeah, which is only tangentially related to to the Avengers Academy. So, like, one of them is like a solid Avengers mm-hmm. Academy book, the other one is a solid comic book. Both good issues. Like, it's like they could go either way. That's but that's just my thoughts on it.
0: Well, that's because the, the previous one had Magneto in it, and Magneto, you know, it's just like, hey, welcome to the Avengers Academy, we're going to, I am Magneto! Every time they were trying to go Avengers Academy, Magneto would be like, but me! Me! And then they had to focus on him for a while, and then some stuff happened, me! Magneto, me! Uh, so yeah, it was, it was very much like a, uh, X Men kind of side thing. It was uh, Magneto making it a. He's like, "This is a mini series of one." It's like, actually, this is an ongoing run called Avengers Academy. Magneto School. Here's the thing:
2: is that you guys, are, you guys keep on talking and keep on arguing. And I was trying to say for a while now that because the two of you are agreeing that this should be the number seven, I was fine with it. I was like, "It's two against oh, I one." I would have gone down to just one spot, but you guys have already said it, so. I'm willing to move on. You guys are the ones who are still like, it's me, Magneto. It's me. That's exactly what Jeff sounds like in my head.
0: Uh, Rick, belaboring facts over and over again. Constantly can't let it go. (sighs) We're ready to move on, dude. Well, then let's move on. Waffles, you've been drinking coffee
2: all night to stay awake with us. How's that coffee treating
1: you? Uh, It is treating me very well. Uh, I've got the last few drakes right now, which I'm going finish off. Yeah, last sip is as good as the first. Yeah, I, I really like it. It's clean, simple, elegant, but sometimes that's all you need out of a coffee.
2: Out of uh, five coffee beans, and you can go ahead and cut one of those half ho- coffee beans in half, how many coffee beans would you give that?
1: It's a solid four out of five. Nice. It's a good 80%. Excellent.
2: Jeff, what are you thinking about <laughs> the Properly fluffy puffy sunshine, sunshine by Yaya. It just works so well for this issue. It's all fluffy and <laughs> puffy.
0: <laughs> yeah, super fluffy puffy. I'm enjoying this. This is a, a really tasty beer. It is I, I can't believe that it doesn't have lemon added to it that it's just citra hops and stuff yeah. because this is a very very lemon forward beer, which I do like. It's like I like my Hefeweizens and I like to add lemon juice to them. I'm enjoying this. This is a really good, strong four for me. It's it's a, a tasty beer. It's nice.
2: Everybody get on the floor and open the door because we got fours and we want to walk the dinosaur. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody get on the floor. Our drinks all are our fours. Reptiles the di- uh, Reptile. Gosh, ooh, that laca, fell apart. Laca, laca, reptiles laca, boom. the dinosaur. I'm, Done.
2: Laca, 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 boom. All right. <laughs> I killed that bit from the long box crusade. That's what we got? That's what we got for our drinks? Jeff,
0: what's next? Well, while Rick killed that segment, we're going to go to a new segment that absolutely kills it, which is Kids Perspective. And that's where Rick talks to his now 13-year-old daughter, Carrie, about the issue that we just covered. So, Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie.
3: Hello, Daddy.
2: How are you today? Good, and you? I'm doing very well. I'm especially happy that I get to talk to you about a comic book. Yup. You ready to talk about this simple little comic book that's just out of nowhere, nothing special about it? Sure. (laughs) What did you think of this book? What was your reaction when you got done reading it? Yeah. Yeah? That's all you got to say?
3: There was a lot of time stuff and stuff. I'm a little confused.
2: What are you confused about?
3: This kid reptile, like he saw the future somehow and then...
2: His future self has been teleported into his younger self's body so future adult version of him who has all of his memories from the future he is currently inside his younger self
3: so they've switched and now he needs to make sure everything happens again
2: yeah he's trying to make sure that certain events occur so that a specific future happens okay So that being said, does that make a little bit more sense then about what's going on in the book?
3: Yeah, a little. Okay.
2: What else do you think about Reptile? What do you think about his entire thing of doing this? Sound like a good plan or sound pretty evil or what do you think?
3: I'm not sure if he like, because I don't really know the entire outcome of it. It's just he wants it to be like the outcome that he's experienced.
2: It's the outcome that him and his friends in the future have all experienced.
3: So if he's trying to lead to that, I mean, I don't know. Time is weird. Time is complicated because <laughs> 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 who knows that this cha- this is exactly good.
2: Right. There probably are some things that are a problem in the future. Forcing the future to go a certain way is probably not going to be the best thing.
3: Also, he grabbed like a demon or something.
2: Yeah, we'll get to talk about that character next time. But I think there's other things we could probably talk about in this book. What? else big happened in this book?
3: Stryker and Julie, like, they had a talk about the LGBTQ kind of community, sort of. Yeah.
2: Brandon was asking Julie to help him because he thinks he's gay, right?
3: Mm Mm-hmm. And she's, like, bi.
2: She's trying to figure that out herself, isn't she? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think about that conversation? What did you think about their interaction with each other?
3: I think the way Stryker introduced it, like... How he just immediately started... Yeah, that was a little weird, like, how he tried to get him her to talk to him. Like, you don't need to, mm-hmm. like, hurt someone. Just do that. But anyways, but I think them having that talk was kind of a good thing because they just need to sort of kind of reach out and help each other, sort of. Kind of gives, like, an, a connection.
2: It's them talking to each other, being supports for each other, and also trying to figure out who and what they are, correct?
3: It's kind of like a counseling session, but with someone your own age.
2: Yeah. It's good to be able to have those conversations with people who are open and willing to talk to you and willing to to help you when you need help, correct? Yeah. Did you think that it was good and appropriate?
3: Like how serious it was?
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you think it was okay in this comic book to talk about that?
3: Yeah, I think it was okay because... Marvel's already pretty serious at some point, so people have probably already gone there and done that, so.
2: You don't see it too often. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't like these kind of conversations to occur.
3: Because they're really serious.
2: Well, they're serious, and some people think that they don't belong. Some people are, remember, some people are against.
3: Yeah, it's also also pretty strong for people who have really strong opinions about it. Correct. So it may not be good in that sense, but I feel like that's something that, and I don't want to like make anybody hate me for this, but I feel like <laughs> they shouldn't have to be afraid for that.
2: No, you shouldn't. And these are conversations that people are having anyways, and it's perfectly fine to have those conversations with their friends and to talk about it, and it's perfectly fine to read about it and see people like that represented in many different forms of media. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Any questions for me? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Any other questions or concerns or thoughts about this book?
3: Not really.
2: Okay. I mean, did you enjoy it? Did you like reading it? Yeah. Now that you understand some of the timey-wimey stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Let me get this straight, though. You were confused about the time... You were confused about the time traveling and, and and reptiles role, but you were not confused at all about the conversation between Brendan and Julie.
3: That was kind of a conversation that didn't really drop you completely somewhere that you didn't know. They kind of put some background into it, and yeah.
2: And it's something that can really happen in real life, right?
3: For people like them, probably having each other is the best thing they can have experiencing these things, so.
2: I would agree with that. Okay, that's all the questions I have for you, then. Thank you very much for your time, Carrie.
3: You're welcome. I love you. Love you, too.
0: Ah, happy birthday, Carrie. I know, so many things, so much stuff. Candles and dinosaurs, people, and hybrids. I hope you didn't get a hybrid car for your birthday. You're too young for that.
2: Shout out time. We'd like to recognize those listeners that take time to write in or leave us a review. This is for episode 145, we covered Avengers Academy, issue number 20. Charles Gears, Jeff Polier, Jeremy Daw.
0: Justin Steiner, Limax Seven. Who says I have noticed that hardly anyone in the Marvel Universe actually learns, and that's in reference to uh, people going to school. This is true. They don't go to schools to learn anything; they go to get in fights.
2: Yeah. Fact: We're seeing it every page here. Every page. We also like to thank those fantastic listeners that give us a few bucks here and there to keep doing the show, to keep us in beer and bandwidth. And that includes adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging, cheesy and chuckling
1: Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damien Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Intelligent, interesting and innovative Isaac Perry. Justing, joking and jovial Jeff Polier, Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muskily, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificent, monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Steely, salty, and steamy
0: Sailor Pear Sodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag
2: Matthews. Tyrannically terrifying and tame, Tim Price. Way, way wordy and
0: wobbly Waffles, who's also handsome and present at the moment. These are facts. They're written down.
1: Uh, it's true. It's in the script. Wit and wonderfully wacky wind. Next issue, we'll be covering
0: Avengers Academy, issue number 24.
2: And uh, check out some of the old shows I did with Monthly Mundy Movie Muckabout on Logbox Crusade Network. I'm not doing them more, but
0: yeah, check out the old ones. They're not too bad. And after you're done with that, go on over to check out our merchandise, which is available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack.
2: Waffles, can you tell the wonderful people what you
1: do, and where you're at on the internet. If you enjoyed my silliness and sometimes sincerity in this uh, episode, you might enjoy my own little improvised comedy podcast called Waffles and Mates Talk About Things. Episodes come out when I have the time to make them. So that leave me sitting down, sometimes with good friends of mine, and just making up silly jokes. It's fun if you like that sort of thing. Uh, you can find me on the internet as NZ Waffles or Waffles the Magic.
0: And I will honestly say that it is the best and only podcast that I listen that comes out of New Zealand. Jeff present presents is a
2: bi weekly self produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience in Portland, Oregon, and Christchurch, New Zealand. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick present blue sky at Jeff and Rick present our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick present our email address, Jeff and Rick present all one word at gmail.com or at our website, Jeff and Rick com. Also our YouTube
0: channel is at Jeff and Rick present. And if you would like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we'll be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more.
2: Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us. Tell your mates about us, or share your love for us on social media.
0: And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. My mate,
1: Mario. I love you, buddy. We We love love you. you. Until next time. Costumes
2: off! Our theme music is 80s Action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Cityscape Dreams by Artie, the AI, and Sasha. All music is founded on Competech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.